presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Welcome back to another episode of Hellfire Nights. I'm Raz, your storyteller, and I'm joined by the entire team, and we have a lot to cover tonight for you, so we're going to just jump right into this. Uh, when we last left, uh, hopefully you remember, and if not, you can always read our little notes along with the episodes. The team had in, gone back to Kiernan Fraser, and had explained to him that there was a real situation that has developed, uh, that they had been warned by... Uh, Tevi Brankowitz, that <clears throat> his f- belief is that Borghese, which seems to possibly line up with the vision that Dr. Jackal had uh, a few nights ago, is actually somehow draining or pulling at the very essence of blood uh, from the younger vampires. This is something no one's ever seen done before, but she is the oldest vampire in generation on the island of Britain. So Kiernan is concerned. He is dispatching notes out to the Justicars to find out what can be done to keep the city safe, what powers he has as a prince to even pass judgment or cause any type of injury or torpor to her. Uh, since she's now awakening, he's not sure exactly what the law allows on someone so old. So he's taking care of that part. But the investigation into proving, because Ashenbrenner with his steel trap mind did point out that this could all be another game. This could be Tevi trying to yet again undermine the kindred of the city and turn themselves against each other. So they want to verify beyond a shadow of a doubt for Kiernan and for the Camarilla lords what actually is happening in London. The only member of the team currently not here is Rosamond. She ran back to the Chantry. She w- wanted to reconnect, make sure that everything was people with uh, safe with the charges that she had left there waiting on her and her in her lab to do some more tests, the two young bourgeois. So we're going to start off with the, the rest of the group and we'll get to Rosman in a few minutes. So uh, everyone you leave, you're escorted out of the building. It's somewhere around one thirty AM. So you do still have a little bit of time left this evening till about six before it gets real serious. You now know that uh, you have these, uh, this information from Tevi, uh, Ashenbrenner has raised, as we just said, Ashenbrenner has raised a really good point. So what would you like, who would like to start this investigation? Doctor, is there anything you feel you should be doing? How do you guys want to propose going about proving or disproving Tevi Brankowitz's theory? Um, now that Horatio is aware of the situation and I think what he would want to do and Actually, I can bring this up with Simona because she was running that safe house. So Horatio will turn to Simona. Simona, my dear, um, you, I believe, uh, have some of these thin-blooded individuals, do you not? Uh, under your care? Um, yes, under my care. The prince made sure that I saw to their safety. Were you considering visiting and seeing what you could observe? Well, as much as I've come to not discredit the th- mystical workings of this world, uh, forgive an old fool, but I believe that we should uh, possibly get some baseline samples, perhaps a bit of blood from some of the affected to compare against 
healthy samples, which we currently have a cart full of, see if there are any anomalies or noticeable differences that would prove a more biological explanation, or at the very least, something that we can target to try and reverse. No, you read my mind. Actually, um, I was going to, after I visited Good Evelyn, I was going to come and find you and see if you could come and lend your medical background to see if you could collect samples. So this works out quite well, actually. We can make our way there after we uh, convene with the group and figure out our next plan of attack. Yes, quite. The sooner we get this wrapped up, the better I shall feel about it. Whether Morgays and Mitzi truly are to blame or not, I feel that the other priorities that we have are going to be placed on hold. So I would like to get this sorted as quickly as possible. Any, um, anything, one else, Evelyn? You hear this going on. Edmundo starts to approach from somewhere down the street, just casually walking up. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. I just, uh, I have two errands I need to run. Then I'm going to, also, I'm going to, I'm going to assume Kieran and offered refreshments. So I'm going to assume I'm back to full. Yeah, that's fine. Full. Everybody's good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait around and then. You're thinking about doing the, uh, the run to the, to the uh, brothel in down at by in the White Chapel. Uh, Vincent's right. Vin- okay, Vincent, the guy, and the and the whorehouse. Okay, yes, I apologize, yeah. everybody. <laughs> no, 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 that, that was a long time ago. We've only had about I don't know thirty terrible things happen since then. So. Exactly. So yeah, that, and I, I need to get to uh, another cigar place. So I have okay. two. Th- yeah, but so you know, tell me where to be, and I will. I will be there. I just need uh, about an hour or so. All right. Right. Um, uh, I will offer the use of my carriage in bringing the good doctor and Simona to the place for where the thin bloods are. I'll offer okay. my services. That's very nice of you. The carriage. Does anybody have a problem with that? Do you want to drop uh, Ashman off? Is he Ashman? Are you going by yourself? Do they need to drop you off? They don't need to drop me off. In fact, I, I, like I'd probably rather they don't know exactly where I'm going. Perfect. To, that I'm going to the whorehouse. Um, I am gonna like ask like so where are we actually where are we actually meeting. So where yep. where do I go after my my errands? Simona, do you want to give him? Obviously, you'd give him that information, right? Yeah. Um, I would give the information. Um, wherever we're gonna meet up. Afterwards. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, you give the name of the house in, in one of the dis uh, the the districts, uh, in the north uh, west of London. Actually, it's probably not very far from Kiernan's, as a matter of fact. He stored them in a place that, you know, would be quick enough where he could get to them, but not actually in his neighborhood. So it's, it's yeah, 15 minutes, 10 minutes by coach. Uh, Ashenbrenner, so that leaves you free. You, you, um, we'll get back to that. You start making your way, I guess, down the street. And uh, the rest of you are okay piling into Evelyn's coach. Is that fine? Uh, yes, that's fine. Yep, works right. for me. Golden. Edmundo gets in, as, lets all the ladies in first. Nods to Dr. Jackal. He steps in. Then he steps in behind him, sits down besides Evelyn. And uh, you give the, the address to the driver. And you're off. So in a few minutes, uh, you make it your way there. You pull in. the. Some of the houses are still lit. But this particular house, is it's, it's a good size safe house that Kiernan has. It's not like a dump. Uh, it's older. Uh, not maybe 
kept as well as could be, uh, which gives it a, an air of you know not being in, un, um, inha- uninhabited, but it also doesn't stand out like oh that's the prettiest house on the block. You know, it's just it looks like it's you know could use a coat of paint. It's a little weathered, but in all fairness, you know a lot of the houses in this district are are nice, but you know they've seen better days. Uh, you, you're able to walk, pull up with the coach and everyone alights, no problem. And the cab, the, you know, your driver, Evelyn, says he'll pull around down the street and wait for you at the corner. Perfect. Okay. So it, up the stairs you go. Um, Simona, there's a Ventrue, you know, young youngling there uh, who's sitting, not, you know, in the vestibule as you open the door with your key. He stands up immediately, <clears throat> sees you, nods, smiles, sees the others walking in. And glares immediately when he sees Evelyn and Mundo walk in. Oh boy. I trust Evelyn. Edmundo, not so much. Um, but, oh God. He says, Primogen, um, good evening. Everyone, everything is quiet for the moment. And he's just looking at Edmundo. That's excellent news. Um, we're here on behalf of the prince. I have the good doctor here with me. Um, we're here to take samples from the affected. Of course, milady. Um, of course. His name is Terence. Uh, he's a Ventru. Uh, he works, you know, for Kiernan. Mid twenties, blondish hair, small mustache. Um, decent looking guy. Built decent. You know, probably about five nine. Solid, but not, you know, he'd be able to blend into a crowd without getting, without being seen too easily. Just kind of average looks, but, you know, handsome enough. And he, uh, he's just standing there. He says, very well, the house is yours to control. So uh, anything you wish to do, I'm, the princess told me you have carte blanche in this matter. So. Thank you. Thank you, Terrence. We won't be, we will not be here for long. We have other business matters to attend to of course and he just keeps evelyn you're just getting that sense that edmundo's about to slap him like if he doesn't avert his eyes and he doesn't stop trying to challenge it 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 feels like a pissing contest without the words like it's it's getting to that point okay um i place a delicate hand upon edmundo's shoulder steps slightly in front of him make a point to Evelyn makes a point to put her cane down like in front of him like don't move like Mm -hmm. Kiernan has his retainers Terrence and I have mine Edmundo is merely an extension of my will I can imagine that he is I think that's the problem and he just keeps glaring at him maybe perhaps Edmundo should Perhaps Edmundo should wait by the carriage. Miss Simona, I appreciate what you have to say, but I'm not leaving this house and Evelyn inside of it. Not with this one. Well, sir, you must understand that I am in charge of this house. And what I say happens, what I say goes. So if I suggest to you to stay at the carriage... Or I suggest to Evelyn to have you stay at the carriage. Perhaps this young man and I would like to step outside. 
<laughs> we could clear up this method in a few moments, don't you think? Terrence is like, simply say the word. I, Evelyn make, Evelyn makes a sort of, you know, well, fuck me gesture, kind of, you know, trying to <laughs> diffuse the yeah. situation. Am I to be so crippled that I am not allowed a retainer? I'm a, I'm a woman, alone, amidst all of the dark doings of London, and I have many retainers. This is but one of them. Am I to get him some sort of, put him on a leash, a medallion perhaps, a bell with a collar? What? What would make... What would make the prince, what would make you, dear Simona, more comfortable? I've already, I'm already operating with one hand tied behind my back in this city. What else would you like me to do? Hmm? The prince is a fool not to have both your hands tied behind your back, miss. And Edmundo says, and that is where you've made your mistake. And he starts walking. Literally, oh. your, your, your feet are sliding on the floor as you hold your hand against his chest. And he's taking steps. Yeah, he. They are not looking at each other well. It's it's yeah. I They're about eight feet point, apart. The doctor is going to step in between the two of them. Okay, gentlemen. This is not some schoolyard brouhaha. Put your penises away. We have business to conduct. Edmundo, act the gentleman that I suspect you think you are. You whoever your name is, get out of the way. Miss Simona, I apologize if I have overstepped, but we do not have time for such foolishness and petty childlike behavior. I no, please, doctor. Agree. Doctor, I agree with you. Terrence, your last comment was very out of line, and I will be speaking to the prince. Exactly. Out of line. Considering that she holds up her hands, especially considering all that these hands have done to aid your prince. Edmundo stops. Terence just stands there. He says, fine. Of course, the house is yours. And he stands against the wall, just watches the guy. Doesn't move. Doesn't, doesn't stand in his way. Just goes up against the wall and just has his hands on his side. Nice and calm, but he's watching Edmundo. Simona would like to lock eyes with Evelyn for a moment hmm? and just sort of sort of hold her gaze for just a few moments. Like with presence? No, just she just wants to look at her. Just okay. an eye contact that says, I don't know what you're planning. I don't know what you're entirely planning. I don't know what your end game is here. But whatever you're doing. I'm starting to catch on and I'm keeping an eye on you. And she will just turn to walk inside because we need to find answers about what is going on with the kindred. Uh, Yeah. So the foyer is traditional Victorian home. It's, you know, fairly narrow. There's a staircase going up. There are several rooms down here. The rooms are furnished, not beautifully, but uh, functionally. The, uh, the house could be, you know, you would say the furniture is probably about 15, 20 years old, maybe a little bit older. Uh, it's clean. It's it's well kept. 
the staircase going up is, you know, has a standard banister. Paintings, you know, it's it's just a traditional style house of London at that time. Nothing over the top that, you know, gives anything away. There's maybe a, a painting or two that's of some value, but nothing that Simona would paint or anything like that. Just it just looks like a home that someone if they if somebody just walked into it was lived in and, you know, functional. Uh, upstairs, however, is a slightly different story. The there are doors, all the doors to the bedrooms uh, upstairs, and there are several. Uh, let me think. One, two, three, six. Actually, there are six. Have been changed into iron bars. Have been installed. These are cages. Now, there are bars over the windows on the inside, so you could punch through the bars and break glass, but you can't. There's no way to get out. I mean. They are literally driven through the wall and bolted to the outside. Uh, And these are vampires that have lost their strength. So you're talking about typical humans. To them, there's going nowhere. Uh, And there's about 14 vampires up in these different rooms. The women are being kept in uh, three of the rooms, and the other uh, three are kept with just male male vampires. And there's a mixture. There's probably, I think it's five and eight. There's eight men and five women up here uh, that have been that are, you know, suffering from this affliction. All right, then um, I'll lead the doctor up to them. I will, I'll no, make and, sure that I take the they lead. Say. Yeah. Okay. And I tell the doctor that whatever he needs, whatever he needs to do, whatever information he needs, he has my blessing to collect it. Okay. They start making their way up. Uh, Evelyn, you feel Edmundo's hand touch your, your hand for a moment. At the bottom of the stairs, as they're starting to make their way up, and it is fairly narrow. It's really these yeah. type of staircases were made for one person at a time. Mm-hmm. We're I not pause. talking about a grand, bo- you know, grand ma- manor house. We're talking about a, a functional home. I pause. Once they get to the top of the steps, and she says, "Doctor, whatever you need, you know, I'll be sure to help you." These people have been, you know, the, the poor afflicted. And she gets to the top of the stairs, and Mundo says to you quietly in Spanish, "Merely a test." That's of- all that was. Him to see how much he could handle. If we need to get in here quickly, and Saloma and I are to make things happen for you the way we have planned, I wanted to know what the guard up front could do. Just a test. I didn't mean to offend. I apologize. Thank you. I am merely trying to gain access to the building so both of us can see and bring information back to her. However, now, these poor creatures, could prove useless depending on their affliction. We need to know more. Well, there's still a food bank. True. A quick one if we ever need it. Most correct. However, I... Food is easier to come by than than this. Well, yes, but anyone can go and buy some meat at a, at a yard, but the delicatessen think <laughs> he's like this is a fast food stop we could feed 14 bodies we could you know yeah he's excited he thinks this is a great right. place because nobody's gonna nobody cares and they're not gonna if they go missing or dead who cares it's trader well, joe's versus aldi i get it yeah i get absolutely very nice um, so at the top of the stairs so i guess after that quick conversation you make your way up oh yeah um yeah my i'm a walking resource what do, i feel like the mafia what do you need i got it i'm here to offer help and take copious amounts of mental notes uh, doctor, so you're faced with what appear to be humans. 
none of them have uh, you actually start to immediately all of you are sensing the, the same heartbeat uh, that was that you overheard through the recording sessions and stuff because we hear everything going on uh, that you heard um, Rosmond have to deal with the that slow plodding heartbeat trying to come back to life um, you do sense multiples of those one or two don't have that yet because they're probably not as far along into the affliction, but there's definitely, you know, of uh, the majority of them are getting that heartbeat back. And a few of them, one or two of the men are actually like full have blown. A, a full blown cadence, uh, you know, a nice like 70 beats per minute. <clears throat> so okay. you're definitely, st- they're, they're definitely further along into whatever is aff- aff- afflicting them. As right. you make your way around, um, there is something you see, and Doctor, this is what it, it grabs your attention more than any of the other cases. You look into one of the rooms, and there's a woman there, early 20s, and she has pointed ears, and her eyes look look feline, or canine, rather. I'm sorry, canine. They just don't look human, natural, and she's looking at you through the bars and doesn't doesn't speak. But you're like, the hell. So I'm going to pull Simona aside then, since I'm not as versed in the uh, vampire community and all the different flavors of Baskin Robbins that we have on offer here. And, oh my god! <laughs> and uh, excuse me, Simona. That. Young woman over there, that is a um, quite unusual appearance. Is, is she Nosferatu uh, of a variety that I've not seen before, or some other clan that I'm I've yet to be introduced to? Storyteller, I know that I saw these people um, before. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've brought I've come here and I visited them. Um, does she look like she's changed? since the last time I saw her, or was this her normal appearance? You, did, This woman uh, arrived this evening, and they brought her upstairs. She came voluntarily. Simona, you would know, she's she appears to be gangrel. And what happens to gangrel when they frenzy is that they maintain, even as vampires, ferality. The, they begin to t- uh, embrace the beast in their, in their outer appearance. So she literally looks more wolfish than than a normal human would so the conundrum becomes well if she's losing the potency in her blood but her body has like her ears are still pointy and that'll never happen so if a gangrel frenzies anything they could get hair on their fingernail on their fingers their aren't their fingers could extend an extra digit like you know a, an extra knuckle like more like a you know an animals um they just don't come out of it well and that's their clan weakness is that they begin to, uh, the older ones become more and more feral. She's obviously had several frenzy situations in her life that are left her marked and changed. And although her blood is thinning, she still has retains a couple of those mutations. Okay. Then I would explain this to Yeah, you've never seen her doctor. before. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'll explain that I have never seen her before, but I believe that this is what she is and I just kind of go through the lore of Gangrel but you know explain that this is normal for what she is or 
what she used to be at this point. She's sitting there and she goes, I'm right here. I can hear you. I, I, I apologize. I, we're here to help. We're here to, this is Dr. Jackal. He is a well-respected doctor and he's a wonderful man and he's here to, we're here to collect samples and information about what is afflicting you. We're trying to figure out a way to stop this. What is your name? I'm Maggie. And Amber, the primogen of my clan, he sent me here. She told me I was to come to this house as the whelp of our tr- of our clan. And once I started showing the affliction, she sent me here to see if there's anything that can be done. And your guy, your man downstairs, brings me up here and throws me in a cage. Gangrel love being caged, by the way. It's such what we enjoy. Yes, well, I I hate to disappoint you then, Maggie, but I am going to have to take you out of this cage. Uh, He he doesn't pick up on sarcasm well. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent! (laughs) Then she kind of just looks at him like... Yes, well, this this room is a little too cramped to give you a proper examination. Would you you mind uh, following me after I have, of course, a a workspace uh, established? Yeah, of course. That's that's why I came. Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, Miss Delatore, there, there are quite a few more individuals here than I initially thought there would be, and I, I feel that we should get started right away. I need to get samples from uh, as many different clans as possible, as many different stages of the affliction as possible, and of course... Uh, I will need to get some baselines against regular human blood, which I have a fairly decent store of. And, uh, well, I can use my own blood as a baseline for, uh, if you'll pardon the turn of phrase, Maggie, a healthy individual. This is going to be a long series of tests. I'm afraid this is not something that we shall accomplish in a single evening. I must check all the variables. Of course, Doctor, and that's why I wanted you for the job. Yes, um, there are some rooms downstairs that we can set up as your examination chambers, and I, of course, will give you anything that you need to accomplish these tasks. So if you'll follow me, I can help you get set up downstairs. Right, and um, he's going to take just a, a notepad out of his bag. Mm-hmm. And okay. he's going to, as as he's following Simona and saying, like, you know, I'll need a, a couch and, uh, you know, a longer couch so that people can lie down on it and uh, a small table would be fine. And uh, that should cover most everything I need as adequate lighting as we can spare. And he's kind of rambling, like, how he can make a home medical office. Um, but as he's doing that, he's writing down, like, beakers and, you know, a microscope and just... right to get a, a fairly decent lab set up because I don't think it would be necessarily safe for him to go back to his offices now that he's got the whole um, uh, situation sorted out with uh, keeping what's his face with Kiernan instead of in his own private mortuary. Kush. Yeah. Kush. That's the bastard's name. So he's he's going to want to set up kind of like a lab somewhere in this house to try and do these experiments with. All right. But I would think that maybe breaking into the local apothecary would get him pretty much everything he needs. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure apothecaries would have a would have a microscope. Other than that, yeah, uh, they apothecaries fill scripts and do that. I mean, a surgeon probably wouldn't even have that. That's going to be somebody at a at a much like a real you know scientist level. Uh, they're you know they're they're expensive. They're they're not common in this era. They, I mean, they were there, but it's not something that a pharmacy like a modern pharmacy doesn't even have a microscope that I know of. Uh, well, at at the very worst case scenario, he can take all the samples tonight and then try and sneak yeah, back course. into his lab or something to secure one. So when you went, someone there's keys hanging on the wall, which Terrence leaves there, right, so that he can open the cages. Uh, are you? Did you open the door for Maggie and let her out? Um, no, I would assume that we went in, or we we stood at the doorway. I wouldn't want to let anybody out until just because we don't know like um how they're reacting with everything so i think just keeping them contained would probably be the better scenario okay doctor had sort of offered her a little bit of freedom well i did say after the examination room was set up oh okay so you uh, you okay that's fine um didn't know if you're gonna let her follow you downstairs all right so evelyn and you and Edmundo are up there. You see all this going on, and you see Evelyn make her way past with the doctor heading back down. I'm gonna, I'm going to offer my vast resources and vast wallet to our good doctor. Okay. I mean, obviously tonight may not be able to get him what he needs, but you know, abs- asking questions, like basically offering to you know bankroll this project because it's you know evelyn's main priority has always been you know vampires as a whole and vampire and you know young vampires are being affected so i'm the person you go to when you're in trouble let's help these people and as a gesture of you know goodwill to simona i I make sure that she hears said declaration of, you know, I'd like to, you know, help you acquire what you need. Okay, so do you follow them downstairs? Yeah. Edmundo makes his way back down with you, I guess. And as the doctors and Simona are kind of moving cha- chairs and couches around and setting up, a, you know, one of, in one of the, the lounges, they put a settee there and they've got another couch that'll sort of work and things like that. They're just organizing all that. You know, you're at the same time giving the doctor information of, listen, I can, if you tell me the, the, you know, more expensive equipment, things that won't be easy to get, I could have my people during the day go out and purchase it from the, you know, appropriate places or at least get their hands on it. Uh, so, yeah, so the three of you are able to pretty much put all of that together. Not a problem. Uh, over to Ashenbrenner, I guess. We'll take care of that first. Ashenbrenner, yeah, you arrive at Vincent's. Uh, the place is, as usual, this time of the, it's, you know, one in the morning. Well, actually, by the time you get there, it's almost two. But yeah, it's 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 hopping. People are still partying. Those you know, the seedier parts of life are definitely still con- congregating in this hour, making you know, in, in in the streets in this, especially in this part of Whitechapel. Uh, you make your way up to the towards the door, and the guy looks at you, and he seems to have a memory of your face for a moment. But well, so I'd like to, if I can, put on a little presence just to sort of change my appearance. Just something so he... Actually, it's probably better if he doesn't recognize me. 
presence doesn't make change your look. It can make him afraid of you. It can make him love you. No. Um, okay. Only yeah, obfuscate so... can change your appearance. Okay, so I guess in that case, uh, you know, I will, uh, I'll, uh, I'll kind of lean on performance. All right, I guess, and charisma. I don't know, performance and basically just. Uh, I don't want him to remember me. I don't want. I don't want him to be like, oh, it's Ashenbrenner. Like, if I have to stay in a shadow or smear something on my face or walk with a limp, just. Something with your performance, not it's not a problem. Yeah, just like I used to change into the the archangel and the you know the archdemon. Exactly, uh, but a lot less dramatic. Yeah, of course. So with you know ch- combing your hair to the other side and slicking it back and a little bit of you know well, grease I'm, I'm pencil, bald, so that would be super impressive. Uh, well, then you're wearing a wig. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you or you or you scalp someone. Knowing Hessian Brenner, you scalp someone Probably on the way just there. Walk by and <laughs> and you got this. This bloody paint of hair <laughs> on the top of your head—that'd be fabulous. Um, that works all right, perfectly. so you, yeah, you definitely arrive looking definitely different than you did last time. Okay, cool. Um, so this is the guy, Victor Vincent. This Vincent. is Vincent. This is like yes. bouncery guy. Okay. All right, so I'll kind of limp up to him and um, ah, I'm looking for Vincent. That's you, right? It is. It is you, uh, you're a fine looking gentleman. You're looking for a little company. Actually, I'm not looking for company. Oh, yeah, I probably smell very bad as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not looking for company uh, in the sense that you're thinking I'm looking for company. (laughs) Uh, What I need is I'm looking for uh, someone who's uh, fast and uh, forgetful. And brutal uh, uh, to uh, end the uh, existences of a few acquaintances of mine. And then I'll kind of show him some coins. Yeah, I'll look over my shoulder to make sure that it, it it's all kind of huskily whispered. I'm not I'm not projecting. Yeah, yeah, of course. But still, yeah. he'd be like, easy, easy. Yeah. And then I'll show him like a little handful of coins just to show that I'm I'm not just a crazy uh, person. Right. <laughs> he says... Well, there's, there's people that take care of that kind of thing, but... No, 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 no. I need, I need one person who is adept. I need someone who is a, a shadow. I need a professional, not some leaky old sot. I need someone with finesse, my dear son. Brutal and finesse. Huh. And forgetful. And someone who forget, depending on uh, what I put in a hand. And I'll kind of rattle the coins a little bit again. All right, my old son. Well, that's that's going to take a little bit of time um, just to get the word out. Professionals don't just hang out, you know, here waiting on good folk like you coming up to hire them. Uh, come back tomorrow evening. Um, yeah, he says, come back tomorrow evening. Um, you know, sometime after the 10th bells and, uh, seek me out and I'll see if I can get a word out and hopefully I'll get a response by then. But, uh, you know, bring your money just in case it's, uh, he's good, but he won't be cheap. Gotcha. And I'll I'll press a a coin, not too much money, but just, you know, enough into his hand to show that I'm again, not crazy. Consider this a finder's fee. (laughs) All right. Um. I'll wash that. Thank you. Yeah. And then I'll kind of like 
I'll, I'll just kind of hobble off till I'm around the corner and then, yeah. And then make my way to the cigar shop if that's still open. Again, I don't know what the hours of a cigar shop are. In London, that's prob- that's a re- that's probably an establishment that at this point would be closed. I'm, I'm thinking 10 p.m. I mean, it, Victorian life went a little deeper into the night than, you know, not like New Yorkers, obviously. I mean, they're 24 yeah, hours yeah. a day. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like they closed at sundown. So they, they stayed open till 9 or 10. But okay. that's a that's a respectable business. By 2 a.m., they're going to be closed. Sure. Okay. Well, the thing so. is, Ashenbrenner has a list of errands. And uh, his first gift of really nice cigars got fucking trashed. So he's not going to let a, a pane of glass and some wood get in the way. So I guess I'll try and find the the, you know, the easiest place to break into and just mm-hmm. grab the nicest cigars. So. All right. What is your what is your stealth and subterfuge rating? Those are two skills. Subterfuge. So give me which one that way I can take the better one. Subterfuge and stealth. Uh three subterfuge subterfuge, yeah. Nothing in stealth? I have a one in stealth. Alright, so just go ahead and give me a um an intelligence and a subterfuge. Just to make sure you're not seen, you do it real careful. Don't make too much noise. You're looking for fives. This is an easy roll. This isn't anything crazy. Uh, okay, seven, five, six, ten, three, three. Okay, good. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, your elbow goes through a back pane, a window pane, uh, that leads into a bathroom. Uh, you know, some sort of water closet inside the building, uh, because they do keep fairly long hours. The shopkeep just can't walk out. So there's a small water closet. You crack in there. You make your way in. You know, it's a little bit of a tight squeeze for you at your size, but you're able to make your way through it. And yeah, you find, uh, turn on one of the, the gas lamps real low just so you can see. And within a three or four minutes, you find the, the best cigars that they have. It's kept behind the glass case, you know, in a humidor and no problem. You have the cigars. Okay, I'll take that and I'll, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave uh, some money on the counter. Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah. I'm not a um, criminal. I'm not a I common cr- Not a common criminal. I'm not. I'm. I'm an uncommon criminal. That is true. <laughs> I, I think we can honestly say that is incredibly true. Uh, all right. So you get the cigars. Then are you heading over to where Simona's meetup was? Yeah, that works. All right. So you get there uh, with. By the time you get there, the doctors pretty much got the downstairs organized a little bit. Uh, you knock on the door, cracks open just a little bit. There's a, a young man in his mid twenties, blondish, small. You know, like I said, thin mustache. Um, Michael York looking, but a little bit ba- bigger, beefier. Yeah. Uh, if anybody remembers the old seventies movies with Michael York, uh, but you know, had a look, but not beautifully handsome. And, uh, he says, yeah, looks at you and he's kind of thinks like, can I help you? And I'll, I'll kind of lean in. And so I've taken off the, the hair, but I certainly okay. probably still have bits of something on my head. Um, <laughs> Okay. I'm here for the body party. Waggle my eyebrows a bit. <clears throat> for a safe house, seems a lot of people know of it. Can I tell Miss Delatore who's calling? Absolutely. And then I'll just kind of stare at him without giving him my name. Is is, is Edmundo still out front, or did he... No, did Edmundo's he inside. He's inside. Okay, good. Yeah. He shuts the door. And Simona, you... You know, you see Terrence walk into the room... Uh, all you've stacked the furniture in the front room. This back room is now turned into something more of a, you know, a, a 
least a simple place where, you know, you would be able to take blood from people. Almost like if you were making it a quick impromptu sort of, uh, you know, blood donor thing for people. Uh, but he, Terrence walks up to you and says, Miss Delatore, there is a man outside who would prefer not to give his name. <laughs> Simona kind of, um, she thinks for a moment, um, and then it clicks, and she closes her eyes and just sighs for a moment, and with her eyes still closed, she just goes, is this man tall, bald, makes you just a tiny little bit uncomfortable when he speaks? Well, you have two of the three. <laughs> he makes me very uncomfortable. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yes, that's Ashton Brenner. Uh, he is from my clan. Uh, you can let him in. But tell him that I expect him to be on his best behavior or as best as he can muster. I don't expect much from him. And I uh, just continue going. He looks at you for a moment and he says, your clan. <laughs> yes. Can you not tell he's creative, artsy? The man's a genius, just not in the conventional ways. <sighs> Just he let him out. in, Terrence. Please, I, I beg of you. I'm taking care of it, ma'am. Unbelievable. This is just unbelievable. And he walks to the front door, opens it. Miss Delatore says that you are bid to enter, sir. And please, the situation is delicate. She asks that you be on your best behavior. Anything is possible, my good man. And then I'll kind of just walk past him. Right. <laughs> you hear, Don Ashenbrenner. <laughs> ah, mi hermano, and I'll, I'll bow deeply at him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Como estas, mi, como estas, mi hermano? Ah, this man here, he's, uh, he tried to sub come up on me and uh, play the games, you know. But uh, we are in control. We have, we have been told to save it for a later date, this man and I. We will take rapiers at some, you know, at some other point, I'm sure. <laughs> Excellent, Yeah. I'll chuckle, slap him on the back, and I'll point at point at Terrence, and and just uh, just point again, and ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all right. So everyone is here, Doctor. Um, whatever's in your bag, you can easily draw blood with. Not a problem. Yeah, it's more the the quantity of samples I need to take, and I don't, you know, like I know they weren't exactly like the friggin' Mayo Clinic back in the late 1900s, but I think they would have at least known enough that if you use the same set of needles to draw blood from different people, you're going to get cross-contamination. Um, so I don't know, like, how many yeah. people he would have been set up for on his emergency, like, carriage ran somebody over in the street bag. Well, <clears throat> let's put it this way. I, I would think that... With your vials and things that are available, you could probably take at least one from each clan. Okay. Um, also, as a would... vampire, I feel like we understand the idea of passing stuff with needles. Probably uh, better than other Apparently, folks, right? Edmundo doesn't. Well, Edmundo She wants is, to turn is... this thing into a friggin' buffet, and I'm just like... Do you... Well, that guy whatever fucks. Vampire equivalent Ooh. of mad cow diseases, because that's how it's you get happen. it. Listen, like, um, <laughs> I we poke fun at the Tremere, but one of our favorite pastimes is eating the less fortunate. So, oh goodness, <laughs> yeah, 
Giggity. How it's, how it's not like the other night I had a good Yonkey. It's like, no, the other night I had a less fortunate. Oh my God, was this guy less fortunate. I mean, that's really, what a, he was, oh. I do have a two in science. So if there is anything that I can add or help with, I'm sorry. Yeah, two in science. Yeah, nothing else. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, the, the, the I rolled purpose... up my sleeves ready to, ready to help. Absolutely. If, if needs be. So doctor, yeah, you could probably, I would say, for the for the time for the for the simplicity of time, you can go ahead and do the first sample from one of every clan if if each clan is in fact represented upstairs. Okay, so I would uh, then definitely want to do that, but I don't want to just like blood drive it. I want to give them you know kind of a, a rudimentary physical as well. All right, did you, know, you want to start with Maggie? Uh, we might as well. I I felt a I felt a bond. Uh, yeah, and she really isn't joking gangrels and small spaces just really suck they tend to get fucking crazy but fortunately her blood is thinning and she can't do anything about it but under normal circumstances she would be trying to tear the fucking house apart so yeah all right so yeah you open you open the door upstairs she's she follows you down you get the sense of just this her the, the whole mood of her lifts like it's you know she knows she's in a bad situation, but getting out of that box was just huge to her, uh, and um, makes her way down with you down the stairs, and uh, goes into the front room. Everyone's sort of there chatting and talking. Uh, she looks around and sits at the edge of one of the couches, and allows you to go ahead and start doing your cursory examination. Okay, yeah. So just taking notes, like obviously gonna feel for a pulse and try and record that, however much it's going um write down like her clan and you know her her name and all that stuff and just you know checking reflexes and eye dilation and just all the whatever you could actually accomplish back then so like i said i'm sure it's very rudimentary not Mm going to have her like strip or anything because that would be you know improper she might have huge frigging lesions on her back but he is a gentleman and it would be improper to blah 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 whatever Right, especially with all these people standing around. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, um, it's not a peep show. And just also kind of asking, you know, kind of uh, questions. Like, is it, when when did you first start noticing these symptoms coming on, uh, Maggie? Um, I don't know, just about a fortnight ago. Okay, fortnight. Okay, and. Uh, what made you believe that you were afflicted with this same? Uh, disease for lack of a better word that's been going around the other uh, younger generations um i'm having a hard time pulling my teeth oh yes and um i've thrown up the last feeding i had oh that's interesting so you were able keep... to consume blood but not keep it down i was uh i was halfway through a through a feeding and um i ended up retching it all over the uh the deer that i was draining <clears throat> okay and... and ended up thing died anyway but uh it, it wasn't that's when amber sent me that's when i was told i should make my way to london because our pack right now is pretty far into the midlands it took me a little couple days to get here so you are not from the uh london area proper than you and the rest of your your pack we make our way south 
every so often just to check on news, um, keep ourselves somewhat inclined on what's going on. Our last trip is probably, I don't know, beginning of the month. Um, like I said, we come out of the we'll come out of the wilds for a few nights, stalk around London, just see what's going on. You know, we when that Bartholomew thing happened, we were pretty far away, but made it back in time for all of you to. I recognize a few of your names that I've heard mentioned as you've been walking around the house. So I, I know that a couple of you were involved in that. And Raz, it was um, Wales was where we were originally hiding uh, more gays, right? Right. Okay. And so, Maggie, uh, your clan, has it been in the area of Wales in the last uh, month or so? No. No, my pack doesn't run that far. There's other packs that claim those grounds we don't normally try to unless it's a unless amber calls us some you know the group together for uh, i'm a sorry Am- something amber made. is your primogen i'm assuming yeah yeah oh. she's our elder yes yeah. i i apologize i'm still a new blood if you'll pardon the joke uh, i'm still learning of all the various ins and outs of the different clans and uh well, thank you very much for this information, uh, my dear. Now, if you don't mind, please, uh, pulling up your sleeve, I must take a, a small vial or so of your blood uh, so that we may rule out any medical divergences and uh, the like. You, Ashenbrenner? She looks at you, Paul, and raises an eyebrow. She's raising her sleeve, but she looks at Paul. He just got here, and she just says, you, Ashenbrenner? I'll do like a quick bow. I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't know if I have had the pleasure. You haven't, but that's okay. You going to stick me with that? She sees the needle. It's pretty long because they weren't real subtle with them back then. They didn't have the, the, you know, the medical, the technology we have to make tiny, tiny hypodermics. They were pretty good size with a big gaping hole at the top. You know, that's the best they could form back then. So it's a pretty good size needle. Okay. Miss, think of me as, sorry, uh, Miss, think of me as a nurse in a very tight, revealing outfit. And then I'll wink. Amber wants to meet with you. She, uh, she says that she knows what that mage that you've been after is up to. That's going to sober me up right quick. Do I know Amber? Do I have any, like, gangrel contacts? No. You've never been introduced? You've never, I mean... Again, they weren't at the conclave uh, at the cemetery those months ago because her pack was far out. Uh, Do you know? Would you know the name? Absolutely. Have you ever seen her? The circles you run in, Paul, because you've been so elusive up until the last couple months. Yeah. Yeah, you probably. Yeah. And she doesn't go to. She would never have attended Elijah's parties. Amber would have been like, "Uh, I don't think so. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay, good. So at least we have that to to base it. Oh, you have. Yeah. (laughs) A healthy dislike of Elijah. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's going to sober me up real quick. And then, uh, where and when? She, uh, she's not far. She came down this way with me, but um, she's had a little bit of business, but said she'll get in touch with you real soon. Just keep your ear to the ground, because she says that it's important. We've... Uh, She's onto something. She thinks, and want she knows from 
Bartholomew's clan, the stuff that happened last time that Brankowitz gave you guys a real run for your money. Made it real tough on everybody, especially you. She thought you'd want to know. <clears throat> that is an understatement, uh, Miss Maggie. And I would usually never ask this question. <clears throat> <clears throat> but events of late have uh, left me feeling uh, uncertain. So how do I know I can trust you? She looks at you with her canine eyes and her dog ears, and she's like, really? My clan isn't known for politics and lies and bullshit. We're a pack. We're a family. We. What would I gain from fucking up a Toreador artist? I don't Nothing. know. But as you said, you are a pack. You are a family. I am not a part of that pack or family. And again, I, I wouldn't have asked had I not believed I was in Scotland earlier this evening. What? It's a temp temporal fucking mages. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. They draw on the holy places, pull from our cairns, make it difficult. They just keep taking the mana from the earth, using it and twisting it. Trust me, we have no love of Tevi Brinkowitz and his kind. And now that he's not staying to the cities, now that he's been forced out of London, his people have invaded several druids in Stonehenge. That's one thing. Magi? And she just goes, that's another! Can I pick up on, like, this is convincing, but can I pick up on anything that's maybe... Like, you know, because she's now exhibiting, she's a little less vampire. Can I maybe pick up on any sort of changes? Her, her, her yeah. heart rate is, is increased, but you're not picking up anything like lie. You're not, no. She just, it. her heartbeat was very slow because her change is still coming on. Yeah. Um, but it's it's there and it's, you know, it's a little faster than it was. But but you could just well, be passionate, ahead. not lying. But yeah, if, if there's something I could roll, yeah, give me a perception. Really want ahead. to believe this. Obviously. Yeah, give me a perception and uh, go ahead and give me your science. Together, give me a roll. Make sevens. Uh, a seven and an eight, no fails. Perfect. Uh, she is definitely telling you the truth. All right. In that case, um, all right, Doctor, I'm here for as long as you need me, uh, but. Uh, Maggie, if you think I should head outside now and take the night air, I will do so. No. She'll be busy the rest of tonight. She just got me down south. She's She'll be back in a day or two. Excellent. And then uh, if I'll, uh, I'll say uh, to her, if you're feeling nervous because of this gigantic goddamn pig sticker, I can... Uh, help you if you'd like this is the smallest needle i have there's a cutting edge technology <laughs> stabbing edge technology my good doctor yes i oh you and your word play ashenbrenner she says it's not that it's the sniff of crazy all over him what the good doctor no he's he is as sane as sane can be in this insane world he's the tightest drum i've ever bounced off of. She sniffs again and says, 
then he's been near somebody who is. Boy, how it's all over him. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but luckily, ha, that is not the contagion we are dealing with. Ha. Doctor, that makes you a little bit like she's smelling. You're not sure. You don't think in your head that Kush was strong enough to give off maybe that odor. Mm-hmm. But she's sniffing on something and it's making her very uncomfortable. I was going to ask if it was like the general malkavian musk if you will (laughs) um or if it was specifically because kush and i were rolling around in the dirt and i haven't had a chance to take a bath yet you know she's picking yeah they're they're super gangrels have the height the highest senses of all vampires and they and like she said she's getting a sniff of crazy she's picking up something real old real musty real fuck oh there's a funk on you and she's not sure what it is and that's what's making her uncomfortable getting stabbed and seeing blood don't mean shit to her okay that's interesting so if it's old maybe she's smelling that i was in the presence of more gays could be and... i mean i've also been in the presence of more gays i don't know if that but i Not haven't nearly as, as recently, recently as him no. yeah correct okay, so, gotcha i, I don't and know you how ju- and Asher Brenner, you were you were just in a slaughter fest <laughs> that's true and i was just wearing somebody else's head so good <laughs> so, point well we, we joked about that. I'm yeah. sure you came up with something. But yeah, you you no, just ended up smacking the shit out of your sketches. So right now you got a strong Vitae, like uh, <laughs> like an Axe body spray. Doctor's got something ah. that's on him that's that's just a, like he needs a Febreze. <laughs> he needs a God. good <laughs> So my, I think the doctor's mind does go to more gays. Yeah, it would make a, it makes and, sense possibly to what's going on. And so he will, he'll say to Maggie... My dear, I believe I know the stench of which you speak, and it is most vile. It is not, shall I say, emanating from myself. Um, I will not claim to be as sane as Ashenbrenner says. Men of science very rarely are. I do, however, have nothing but your best interests at heart. Right. Okay. Thank you. I, uh, I can't get any worse than what I'm having right now, so do away. Whatever you gotta do. And yes, so he'll, you know, as with doctorly hands that know not the definition of bedside manner, uh, he'll jabber with the needle and suck out a vial of blood thank you for listening to hellfire nights you can like share and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts to help support our network of real play adventure shows please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the bardic college and for as little as three dollars a month you can get access to behind the scenes reels interviews with players and storytellers and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows